Fuels are any compounds which contain stored energy within it. This energy is contained within chemical bonds through a variety of chemical processes. For example, within the organisms around us, photosynthesis and respiration are just a few examples of what chemical processes occur around us in the world. In the world population, most energy comes from fossil fuels, in particular petroleum or oil, followed by coal and then natural gases. However, fossil fuels aren't renewable sources, with some exceptions of natural gases. However, according to a data set from Our World and Data, quote, we'd have about 115 years of coal production and roughly 15 years of both oil and natural gas remaining. Leaving the question out of the other types of promising renewable energy sources, hydro, wind, solar, geothermal, and etc., which is better to use? Hydrogen fuel cells are a very helpful and promising alternative fuel source. This podcast will elaborate and compare and contrast its advantages and disadvantages with the current fossil fuels that we use today. The majority of the world is accustomed to the up-and-coming technology of the hydrogen fuel cell. This podcast aims to clearly and thoroughly explain the chemical processes involved within the uses of hydrogen fuel cells and fossil fuels as well as the other further implications of use in terms of the environmental factors present. The podcast will also include which fuel source is better for use in terms of both their environmental effects and costs. This is, of course, my own opinion. I am your host today, Jordan Mo, and I welcome you to the H2O No Podcast, Fuels Edition. The fuel cell essentially is an electrochemical cell which converts chemical potential energy into electrical energy. A fuel cell would use a chemical reaction between a fuel and oxygen to incur an electrical potential difference within the circuit, allowing current to flow. The fuel is oxidized, however the reaction is an electrochemical one. The current which flows through the circuit will be used to power an electric motor or a device which uses electrical energy. A fuel cell synthesizes the elements hydrogen and oxygen to produce electricity, heat, and water. Fuel cells are often compared to batteries as they both run off chemical energy to provide electrical energy through the movement of charged particles. Both convey the energy produced by chemical reaction into usable electric power. However, the fuel cell will produce electricity as long as fuel, or hydrogen, is supplied, never losing its charge, which is one of the most vital advantages in which the hydrogen fuel cell has in terms of a source of energy to use in the present world today. Hydrogen is the most simplest form of element in the universe. An atom of hydrogen contains only one proton and one electron. As it is the simplest, it goes to say, it is one of the most abundant elements in the universe. However, despite its simplicity and plentifulness, hydrogen does not occur naturally within its gaseous state on Earth, which is why it needs to be artificially separated from already existing forms of hydrogen. For example, hydrogen can be extracted from H2O. However, the process is pretty tedious, as I mentioned in this podcast. A hydrogen fuel cell, otherwise known as hydrogen-oxygen fuel cell, is a device designed to convert the chemical potential energy stored within hydrogen gas, H2, into electrical energy. The anode, a negatively charged electrode, of the fuel cell receives hydrogen gas. The platinum coating located within the fuel cell on the anode functions as a catalyst breaking down hydrogen into protons and electrons. When an anode and a cathode are connected in a circuit, electrons can move through the circuit and deliver power to any load that is connected to the circuit. 
the hydrogen fuel cell uses a certain piece of technology known as the proton exchange membrane, or PEM for short. In PEM, water electrolysis, water is electrochemically split into hydrogen and oxygen at their respective electrodes on each side. If you were to look at this at a diagram, this would make sense. Once the reaction has occurred, the electrons exit from the anode through the external power circuit, which provides the potential difference for the reaction, in turn generating excess electricity. One thing to notice of the hydrogen fuel cells is a byproduct of heat and water. The generation of this clean energy could be used to power our homes via insulating systems or even move our cars through electromagnetic induction and magnetic forces to power the electric motors, which allows for the conversion of electrical energy into mechanical energy. Electric motors work by converting electrical energy, as mentioned just before, to mechanical energy in order to create motion within a multiple variety of machinery we use in everyday life, as well as most commercial businesses. Fossil fuels has been the driving source of energy, powering humanity for many decades. Fossil energy has been a vital driver of technological, social, and economic development progress, which has been used by a variety of machines these days. Although fossil fuels have played a fundamental role in global energy, they have many negative impacts on the environment and our communities. They produce carbon dioxide, which is one of the reasons for global warming, as it is a greenhouse gas. They also play a major role in local air quality, which is estimated to be linked to many premature deaths every year. There are three types of fossil fuels, which form naturally over time around the planet in their forms of matter. Solid, liquid, gas, also known as coal, oil and natural gas. Essentially, fossil fuels are used to produce energy. They are burned to produce heat within industrial power stations. They are used to produce electricity, and they are used to power engines or local generators in which we use. The production of energy comes from the bonds between the hydrogen and carbon atoms, containing the energy we need. In terms of burning of fossil fuels in the presence of oxygen, the bonds break and the stored energy within the bonds are then converted to heat energy, therefore forming carbon dioxide. A general chemical equation would come up if you were to search hydrocarbon combustion reaction. This is the general equation that we'll be using throughout this podcast. Note that carbon dioxide will always be produced in a hydrocarbon combustion reaction. Also, the energy required to break the bond is substantially less than the energy that is released in the formation of the bonds in carbon dioxide and H2O molecules, which is precisely the reason in which the chemical processes produce significant amounts of thermal energy, which can either be used directly or later be converted into other forms of energy, through an engine, a generator, or etc., in both cases of oil and natural gas deposits, they formed from the decomposition of microscopic plants and animals which lived in the ocean millions of years ago. The corpses of the plants and animals fell to the bottom of the ocean, and like the formation of coal, they created layers of their corpses, this is known as sediment, which was then covered by sand and mud. Their tidal movement within some areas of the ocean and lakes the corpses begin to decompose in the absence of oxygen as it is squished out through these layers. The layers continue to build and thus the weight increases. Pushing the sediment further, both pressure and temperature increase due to this. These factors altogether synthesized the corpse of both plants and animals which formed oil and gas deposits which are seen, used and monopolized throughout the current world. 
Coal is formed from the corpses of plants and ferns from hundreds of millions of years ago. The corpses form different layers at the bottom of the swamps. Water and soil built up on the layers of corpses, and over thousands of years it applied pressure and produced high temperature, which would cause the corpses to go through a chemical and physical change, which released oxygen from the layers as they continue to decompose in the absence of oxygen. Coal is then formed from this. Coal can be used to produce thermal energy through burning it in the presence of oxygen and is shown in a chemical equation when searched for it. Within coal power stations, thermocoal is a name used for coal that is refined to generate electricity. It is also used to produce extremely high amounts of temperatures through combustion. The coal is usually crushed and then burned in a furnace with a boiler. The furnaces heat the coal, then boils the water to produce steam, which is utilized to spin turbines, which in turn activates the generators and produce electricity. In the next part of this podcast, you'll be hearing the opinion of one of my many good friends here at the OWASA program. Her name is Shayla Trainer. Good evening, everyone. Today I'm here with one of my many peers within the OWASA program. I would like to welcome Shayla Trainer to this podcast. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Hey, Shayla. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm a 17-year-old. I live in the beautiful Coromandel Peninsula. I go to Te Whadakuru Manaya um, in Hauraki. And yeah, I'm in my last year of school, which is great. Cool, exciting. I'm just going to be asking you a few questions. How are you today? It's pretty cold, eh? Yeah, it's pretty cold. I'm, I think I'm de- definitely feeling the cold mm. a little bit more than yeah. the average Southlander would. True. I'm from Auckland, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your time here. No I have a few questions here to ask you, Sheila. Do you know what fossil fuels are? I do know what fossil fuels are. Can you tell me, what, what are your opinions of them? Ooh, uh, that's a hard question. I would probably say that fossil fuels are bad for the environment. Mm. Uh, My reason? Because they contribute to the depletion of the ozone layer. How does it contribute to the depletion? How does it contribute to the depletion of the ozone layer? Well, when we burn the fossil fuels, it releases nasty chemicals into the Earth's atmosphere. It releases nasty chemicals into the Earth's atmosphere, which causes the outer layer that protects the Earth from the sun to deplete. This is known as ozone layer depletion. Holes in the ozone layer cause harsh UV rays to enter the world's atmosphere, increasing health risks among the human population. For example, um, skin cancer. If the intensity of the UV rays increase, the risk of skin cancer also increases. This possesses a significant health risk to the people of New Zealand. Hmm, Interesting. Do you have anybody that's experiencing this kind of disease or skin cancer, as you were talking about? Um, not personally, but mm. as as a biology student, mm. you kind of come across things like that from time to time, and it's actually quite interesting to read about. Yeah, definitely. If there was another source of energy out there that was both better for the environment, however, it would take an extremely long time to develop efficient ways to use it, what are your opinions of that? Well... In my opinion, protecting the world around us should be our number one priority. When we think about alternative energy sources, it's definitely a must, well, to me anyway. This is because without it, we simply could not exist. Mm. So I'd be open to the idea of alternative energy sources, regardless of the time consumption to produce or form these energy sources, primarily just because the positive long-term effects would be far more beneficial than the negative long-term effects that it has, um, more specifically, that fossil fuels have. And fossil fuels will one day run out if we do not reduce our use of fossil fuels. So Hmm. I think it's very important. Yeah, definitely. 
What would you like to see in terms of energy usage in the future for New Zealand? I'd like to see a significant reduce in the use of fossil fuels and I'd also like to see more use of beneficial energy sources such as solar power. Energy production from solar panels would be an extremely beneficial form of energy in terms of reducing health risks and promoting environmental sustainability as well. Um, protecting our ngahere and the world around us should definitely be our number one priority. I'm 100% for it. I think solar power should be a leading source of energy in New Zealand. Although it may be costly, it is well worth the investment. Mm. Thank you so much for your time here. No worries. Everyone, this was Shayla Trainer, and this is me, Jordan Mo'u. And just remember that these questions are not only for Shayla. Anybody can answer it, as we are the citizens of New Zealand. Thank you so much. This is Jordan Mo'u signing out. Rift Petroleum, after being extracted from extraction pumps, are then transported to oil refineries in order to be refined for other uses. Petroleum in its pure form is merely a mixture of hydrocarbons containing different lengths of hydrocarbons in liquid form. This mixture can't be used as a source of energy to power regular machineries. Different lengths have different boiling points that are used to separate the hydrocarbons within the crude oil, which is just another name for unrefined oil. This is known as fractional distillation. Fractional distillation is a process used to separate mixtures of hydrocarbons into their respective fractions, parts, or chemical compounds by heating them to a temperature where one or more fraction of the mixture of hydrocarbons will vaporize. Fractional distillation is used in oil refineries to separate crude oils into useful substances having different hydrocarbons of different boiling points. There are many advantages and disadvantages of fractional dissolution. Some disadvantages could be it's enormously expensive in terms of an industrial level. Another one could be there's many operational hazards for workers which are in the factories which use it. Another major point, it contributes to major environmental pollution around the world. Fractional distillation in itself is not harmful to the environment. Its ecological damage depends on the types of mixtures that are distilled after the process has been completed. Refining crude oils, for example, can lead to the release of large amounts of harmful chemicals into the atmosphere, which are normally greenhouse gases that are responsible for constant global warming around the world, causing a variety of things such as climate change, the different types of ice caps that are mounting in both the northern and southern poles. Another one would be when refineries improperly dump wastewater that have impurities within them, it can cause a major detrimental effect to aquatic organisms, which may deform later in nature due to time or die out completely. As I've mentioned before, there are many drawbacks to the process and utilization of fractional distillations. This is done in many oil refineries and has been a topic of interest of many environmental activists. A lot of these come from their environmental effects. However, there are many advantageous remarks of fractional desolation. Some could be it's easy to implement within many industries. One of the vitally important benefits of fractional desolation is that in all honesty, it's quite easy to use and understand with the right amount of time to learn it. Another one could be fractional desolation is highly effective and efficient. It has constantly been proven by countless experiments and actual processes to be effective in common practices. In fact, it's widely used in many industrial settings to create the products that modern society needs. Fractional distillation is also highly efficient, especially for the system that use stacked distillation columns, which produce more output at a lower cost. Another one that could be thought of, it helps produce much needed fuel for machinery use within fractional distillation. 
It is used to refine crude oil and produce diesel, kerosene, gasoline, napatha, you name it. Bitumen is another one. With this in mind, it's easy to reach a conclusion that fractional distillation has greatly contributed to the advancement and modernization of human life. In terms of hydrogen fuel cells in comparison to fossil fuels, they also have advantages and disadvantages. For hydrogen fuel cells, advantages could be it's renewable and readily available. Hydrogen is an abundant element found within the world. It is a renewable source of energy, which is imperative in our striving for an environmentally friendly planet free of carbon. It's a clean and flexible energy source. Hydrogen fuel cells are able to supply a clean source of energy, which does not have any impact on the environment as the only byproducts of hydrogen fuel cells are heat and water. The water can even be used for drinking to show its non-toxicity to humans as astronauts use these byproducts to provide water for them in space. Disadvantages could include the extraction of hydrogen in terms of its time-consuming nature. Despite having abundance throughout the world, hydrogen does not exist as an independent source, sadly to say. Thus it needs to be extracted from water through electrolysis or separated from carbon producing fossil fuels. Both processes require a significant amount of time and energy to accomplish. It would be much more efficient to gain energy from the hydrogen itself. However, the extraction is expensive and could prove to use much more energy than the hydrogen. It's time and commitment you would need to use development is also another disadvantage. Hydrogen fuel cells will require the time and commitment to develop into a vital source of energy in which we need to use now. It will also need a lot of money to be invested within such new technology to improve and mature upon it. On a global scale, this type of project could prove to be too long and inefficient for people living in today's generation. What we need are present and viable results. However, we need time and money for the mass supply of hydrogen fuel cells, which is considered to be quite a con in terms of the present society. For fossil fuels, it has the opposite kind of effects within advantages and disadvantages. For fossil fuels' efficiency in terms of its amount of energy and the time it uses, natural processes have energy concentrated inside fossil fuels in a way that makes it extremely efficient, utilizing a relatively small amount of fossil fuel, which uses a surprisingly large amount of dormant energy, which could be used to generate electricity. Its transportation and storage Coal, oil, and natural gas are all fascinatingly easy to move almost anywhere within the world by using large trucks and pipes which run underground. In comparison to alternative energy sources such as wind, which can't be transported and highly dependent on its environment, location, and other random variables. Its abundance of fossil fuel sources, coal and natural gas, is found in so many places of the world it's more than my hands can count. Most countries, including New Zealand, can extract some type of fossil fuels in a respective form, in comparison to other alternative forms of energy. For example, biomass energy, which requires an abundant farmland to recreate the necessary materials which is used to extract energy from it. In terms of its multiple and variety of uses for fossil fuels, its disadvantages would be the pollution it provides. When fossil fuels are burned, it releases carbon dioxide, methane, and other gases and particles into the air, especially with coal, which could be some impurities within it, which would be released into the air, such as nitrogen and sulfur dioxide, which would cause major problems to our environment. Another one would be, it's a depleting resource. This is one of the most vital disadvantages to fossil fuels, as it is not a matter of how we can establish much more cleaner uses of fossil fuels, but, but when they will run out. Quote, 
Sources of fossil fuels won't last forever, and natural processes take an impractically long time to create more. That's why we shouldn't rely on fossil fuels. Unquote. This was from a student of Mangere College, which has provided this for me. Another one, transportation energy. Power stations in which power is obviously generated. A regular supply of fuel is needed to be brought daily. This would lead to truckloads of fuels, trainloads, shiploads, and etc. just to get these fuels to power stations. All while doing this on a consistent and regular basis in order to keep up the level of energy that is being used by our very own homes. This means that either power stations need to be built very close to large deposits of coal, which would be very light in terms of space or that the coal needs to be shipped miles away to the nearest power station, which requires more power and ends up damaging the earth even more, which would only result in negatives both in the foreseeable and nearby future. Another major disadvantage, it's cost. In both cases, the cost might just outweigh the profit for which we use fossil fuels, and the nature of fossil fuels are non-renewable. Costs are constantly fluctuating throughout the world market. According to my research... The Middle East countries in this world hold a surplus amount of fossil fuels and are responsible for 40% of the world's oil production. New Zealand is certainly not one of these countries, which are abundant with these fossil fuels. Lower output, fear of war, strikes by trade unions, worldwide price fluctuation. In conclusion, through various chemical reactions and equations that take place in both sources of energy, I personally believe... I personally believe that the clean hydrogen fuel cell is a technology we as a species would need to develop in order for our survival as well as the well-being of this planet. In consideration for all important factors, in consideration of all important factors such as efficiency, efficient efficiency, rate of reaction, energy production, time and etc., I believe that hydrogen fuel cells will be needed in the future. However, we should also try to use a variety of alternative energies for this particular content. I believe that we should invest our time and money into the hydrogen fuel cells, while also utilizing the reliable fossil fuels for income. Therefore, they cover both present and new generations of energy production within New Zealand and our world. Thank you so much for bearing with me throughout this podcast. This is Jordan Mo on H2O New Fuel Edition, signing out. Thank you.